So let's begin with our text. I'd like to bring two messages over the next two Fridays, part one and part two. This evening we're going to look at the Lord's instructions from Luke 11, verses 1 through 4, where we read, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now there's much, there's a lot. I began to do this research on what I was going to bring tonight, and There's a lot of stuff from a lot of people about prayer. A lot of different things in Bible commentaries, messages, and so on. My prayer is that God will teach us through his word and keep our personal commentaries where they belong. So what is prayer? How should we pray? And what does prayer accomplish? I hope to look into the Lord's word tonight and see where these three questions may be answered. Without question, every soul prays. Prayer is the crying of our hearts. It is the voice of our souls. The soul cries out in times of anguish. It also cries out in times of great joy. I remember when my granddaughter was born. I remember when my daughter was born. And even though that was 40-something years ago, I remember the joy And though I didn't know the Lord, I still cried out for my two children from my heart. I was praying from my heart, even though I didn't know who I was praying to. And that's the question. The only question is, who is it you're crying to? Am I calling out to anything that will hear me? I I, I read somebody's statement here just the other day. Pray for, uh, see, what was that? Oh, oh man, I had memorized what it was. But it, it, it wasn't praying to anyone specific. It was just praying for the need of, of, of something they had. But are we calling out to anything that we'll hear? It's like a guy in a foxhole. A guy in a foxhole's got a bunch of bullets shining over his head. He's going to cry to something. Am I calling upon the false gods of my imagination? The native Indians called upon the, the, the gods of the wolves and the lions and the different spirits, the the spirits of different animals? Or am I calling of the true and living sovereign God? In Romans chapter 10, we read these words in 13 and 14, for whosoever shall call upon the name, that's that's what we're talking about here, call, praying, upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call? How are you going to pray to one whom you've not believed? And how shall you believe in him whom you have not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? How can you call on or pray to or cry to or petition from someone you've never even heard of? My very soul's desire is that God, in his loving grace, will enlighten your hearts this evening, maybe even give life to a soul that has never heard 
that you might speak from the depths of your soul directly to him. And if he does do that, if he does that work in a heart, he will hear your prayers. Page 2. As to what is prayer, along with what has already been said, the word prayer in the Old Testament Hebrew language means intercession or supplication. I have prayed for you, in other words. I have made request on your behalf. Or as it as it is stated in John 17, where the Lord is giving his priestly prayer, he says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. The word supplication in the Old Testament Hebrew language means graciousness, causatively entreated, favor, grace. When one cries out from their most inner being, our deepest thoughts, our voice of the soul, we are speaking from our heart. Now this can be expressed in an audible voice or a thought of the mind. Our great God on two occasions verbally taught us how to pray. Here in Luke 11, which we just read a moment ago, and also in Matthew 6. Now Matthew 6 will be another lesson, but I wish to point out something before we go on. These two different instructions are not the Lord's Prayer. Our Lord prayed much, but these instructions are for us, his people. The Lord Jesus could not have been praying this as a prayer to the Father, for he had not had sins, had the sins of his people laid upon him yet. There was nothing for him to ask forgiveness of. In fact, just the opposite. Everything the Lord Jesus did pleased the Father, and we read that in Matthew 3.17, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So we know that these two instructions in Matthew and Luke are instructions to you and I. We who do sin against God, we who do need forgiveness, we who seek the forgiveness of our Father. In John 17, our Lord prays to the Father as our high priest, as the one who petitions intercession, petitions intercessions on behalf of his people. In the garden, he prays for himself. Yet there is, this, there is a statement that I believe is the key to all true prayer. Matthew 26, 36, 40, 32, 42. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and said unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, and here's that phrase, Here's the phrase that I think is the key to everything right here. Not as I will, but as thou wilt. Our Lord says in, in, in Hebrews, he says, I came to do thy will, O Father. He came to do thy will. Everything our Lord did was according to the will of the Father. Everything he did was perfect. In perfect righteousness. In perfect holiness. And everything he did... Uh, please the Father. He says, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Now remember, Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. He suffered in the flesh, folks. 
We tend to stop and think of our Lord sometimes too much as just being uh, God alone, but he was both. He suffered man and he had the pleasures of being God in the flesh. He cried out to his father, if I could remove it, if let this cut pass from me, but then here's that key, nonetheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, what could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not in temptation, that the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again a second time and prayed, saying, O Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Thy will be done. This is the key to all true prayer. The world believes God is a changing God. You notice I wrote in small letters that changing God. They believe his grace can be changed, his judgment can be changed, just by their petitioning prayer change. It, uh, National Prayer Day. If everybody gets together and prays, maybe God will change something. If all the nation will pray on a particular day, maybe they can influence God to turn things around. And he can, if so it was his purpose and will to do so. In other words, it's not our prayer that changes his will. It is his will that changes our prayer. Thy will be done is our submission to his divine purpose and his divine will. We read in that verse in our text, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven so in earth. And the first part of our instruction is our recognition of his authority. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We do not pray to saints, we don't pray to angels, but to God our Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of glory who is in heaven. Our God and Father is the Father of all men, as our Creator is, as we read in Acts 17, 28. For in Him we live and move and have our being, as certain also as your own poets have said, for we are also His offspring. And because He is the God and Father of all men by creation, it is proper for all men to praise Him and to praise Him, to pray to Him. We must never forbid any to pray or even discourage prayer by anyone. But God is the father of his elect, his chosen, in a very distinct way, in a very special sense as we read in Colossians 1 verses 20 through 22. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they are the things in the earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated in enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. We're the children of God by adoption, by election, by regeneration. And by faith, the question is, do you trust the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, if you do, it is right for you to call God Almighty your Father. It's right for you to come to him in such a way in prayer. Hebrews 4.16, he tell, Paul tells us plainly, let us therefore come boldly. How can you and I come boldly before God? Through the blood of our Savior. 
through the blood that washes us clean, through his righteousness, he who is perfect in every way. We come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help and help in the time of need. We have the right, the privilege, the bold freedom and confidence of faith to pray to God Almighty in heaven as our Father. That's what the Lord is telling us there. Pray this way. Our Father. The Lord Jesus himself telling us. When we pray privately in our closets or with our families or when we pray collectively in the house of God, we pray as the children of God, being taught and led of God. Led of God by the Holy Spirit to lift our hearts to heaven and to call the God of glory. Our Father. Nothing writes Don Fortner, unites hearts like mutual prayer, collective worshiping, and the prayer of God our Father. The name of God represents all of his attributes by which he reveals himself to us. His name represents his being, all that he is. When, when we say, hallowed be thy name, we're simply praying like the Lord Jesus did. When he, when he prayed in John 12, 28, Father, glorify thy name. I ask you, did not God create the universe for his glory? Listen to what he says in Revelations 4.11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Proverbs 16.4, we read these words. The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked, for the day of, for the day of evil. Lifting up his name. That's what that is. Our Father who art in heaven, lifting up his name, calling him who he is, the creator of everything, king of kings, lord of lords. <coughs> lifting up our Lord in, the way, in this way declares all providence works for his glory. Listen to Romans eleven thirty six. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Our Lord's object in saving sinners is also for his glory. Listen to Psalms 106.8. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power to be known. The object of our Lord's death was above all else for the glory of God. Listen to John 12.27-28. Now is my soul troubled, and what, I, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Is not the heart's desire, the prayer of every believer above all else, that God's name be honored and magnified and glorified? In Psalms 35, 27, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. And also in Psalms 40, verse 16, let all those who seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. In current, in first, uh, 1 Corinthians 10.31 Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. In 1 Peter 4.11 If 
If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we see where our heart's greatest desire, when we pray, we approach the Lord as our Father. We, pr we pray to him with reverence. Our Lord teaches us to pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The word hallowed means to be means holy. It means consecrated. This is the heart of a born-again believer approaching the majestic creator with reverence, declaring him the, the holy one, the righteous one. This is lifting up God in our hearts, in our prayers, as Moses lifted up the brazen serpent. It's a heart matter. That old stony heart we all come into this world with had to be removed. The stone cut away and tossed out. A new heart had to be given. A living heart, a heart that loves him, for he first loved us. And this new heart bends the knee now. That's what we're doing, praying to, the, to God Almighty. We're bending to his will right now. Everyone, everyone will bend the, bend the knee at the day of judgment. We bend it now gladly, willingly, willing in the day of his love, in the day of his power, as we read in Psalms 110.3, Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. We admit, we, we, we uh, uh, recognize, we declare along with God's word that it is God who did the work in our hearts. It is God who gave us a new heart and cut away the old stone. Next we read in our text where it says, Thy kingdom come. Simply put, may the Lord's church increase is what that's saying. Our first concern is and must be the glory of God and himself, but our second concern is for the kingdom of God. We seek in all of our prayers that the Lord will be pleased to establish and to enlarge his church, his kingdom in this world. Listen to Proverbs 122, 6-7. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. This is talking about spiritual Jerusalem, spiritual Israel. God's church, peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. To pray thy kingdom come is simply to pray, Lord, save your people. Establish your kingdom in this world. Page 6. We pray for the kingdom of grace to be filled as we read in Romans 11, verse 26. And so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. There shall come out of Sion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. We pray for the kingdom of glory to be established. 2 Peter 3.13 Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. If our heart's concern is for the kingdom of God, his sheep, his people, his elect, his church, let us ever pray thy kingdom come. And lastly, from our text, we see the key, the key to all true prayer, as I read a moment ago, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. 
Brother Don Fortner wrote this. He says, prayer is not us trying to get God to do our will. Rather, it is a voluntary leaving our will to his will. Our truest happiness, wrote J.C. Ryle, is perfect submission to God's will. We want to obey God's revealed will. We want men and women everywhere, everywhere to surrender to and obey God's revealed will. But here, our Lord is teaching us to sincerely and heartily surrender everything to and earnestly desire that God will be done, that God's will will be done in this world exactly as it is in heaven, knowing that it always is. Ephesians 1.11, we read this, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. The simple fact is, we don't know what to pray as we ought. Most of my prayers, I fear, are accurately described by James in chapter 4, verse 3, where we read, Ye ask and receive not, because ye seek, because ye ask a myth that you may consume it upon your lusts. Folks, let us give thanks to our ever-gracious God that even in our prayers, he overrules the evil that is in us and done by us for our good and for his glory. We read in Romans 8.26, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Aren't you thankful that everything our Lord requires of us is provided for us by himself? I'm so thankful that the Lord doesn't require me to pray perfectly. But yet my, my prayers are presented perfectly to him by him, the Spirit of God. In all that we have seen thus far... The concern of true prayer is altogether spiritual, a matter of the heart. Our Lord Jesus teaches us to pray for the glory of God, for the people of God, and for the will of God. He teaches us to submit all other matters to those greater, far more important matters that I just said. There are many examples that we could look to throughout the Word of God, but one I found stood out, at least to me, that seemed to cover what our Lord is instructing us in this word, in what we read in Luke 11. Look with me, if you would, at 1 Kings chapter 8. And while you're turning there in your Bibles, if you haven't already, or if you want to, you can read it in the handout. Let me just share with you. Chapter 7, the Lord tells us of the final finishing touches of, temp of the temple that is built by King Solomon. And after setting the scene, as it were, in verses 1 through 13 of chapter 8, Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, prayed a dedication to the Lord's house, the temple. After he had set up, set the scene uh, of the elders surrounding him and all of the people of Israel coming out, we read in verse 14, And the king, Solomon, turned his face about and blessed all the king congregation of Israel, and all the congregation of Israel stood. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which spake with his mouth unto David my father, and hath with his hand fulfilled it, saying, and before we go on to 16, I want to just point this out. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. 
Now, who's the Lord God of Israel? He's the God of all creation. He's our Father who art in heaven. He's the majestic God who created everything, the only one worthy of having prayer, the only one who will do anything about prayer, the only one whose will shall be fulfilled. Going on in verse 16, he says, Since the day that I brought forth my people Israel out of Egypt, I chose no city out of all the tribes of Israel to build a house that my name might be therein, but I chose David to be over my people Israel. Verse 17, And as and it was in the heart of David my father to build an house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And the Lord said unto David my father, and this is important, we've gone back here, I want to stop for just a moment, I want you to understand why I'm reading all of this before we get to the main part in verses 28, 29, and 30. I want you to see the setup. We're looking at Solomon declaring the promises of God and how they came about through his promises, through him. As it was in the heart of David, verse 17, to build a house for the name of the Lord God of Israel, and the Lord said unto David, My father, where it was in thine heart to build a house unto my name, thou didst well that it was in thine heart. Page 8. Nevertheless, thou shalt not build the house, but thy son shall come forth. Out of thy loins he shall build the house unto my name. And the Lord hath performed his word that he spake. Now, he promised. This is the standing that you and I have. Our Lord promised that he shall save a people. And we stand on those promises. We, we, now let me just go on. And the Lord, in verse 20, and the Lord hath performed his word that he spake, and I am risen up in the room of David my father, and sit on the throne of Israel, as the Lord promised, and have built a house for the name of the Lord, God of Israel. And I have set there a place for the ark, where is the covenant of the Lord, which he made with our fathers when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel, and spread forth his hands toward where? Our Father, who art in heaven, toward heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven above or on earth beneath who keepest covenant and mercy with thy servants that walk before thee with all their hearts who has kept with thy servant David, my father, that thou promised him, thou, thou spakest also with thy mouth and hast fulfilled it with thine hand as it is this day. This is, this is the exact same thing that we're talking about when we cry out, our father who art in heaven. He who rules over all things. He who is sovereign. Sovereign God of everything. And now, verse 26 there, or, uh, verse 25, Therefore now, Lord God of Israel, keep with thy servant David my father, that thou promised him, saying, There shall not fail thee a man in my sight to sit on the throne of Israel, so that thy children take heed to their way, that they walk before me as thou hast walked before me. And now, O God of Israel, let thy word, I pray thee, be verified, which thou spakest unto the servant David my father. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and heavens 
of heavens cannot contain thee, how much less this house that I have builded. Yet have thou respect unto the prayer of thy servant, and to his supplication, O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and to the prayer which thy servant prayeth before thee today, that thine eyes may be opened towards this house night and day, even toward the place of which thou hast said, My name shall be there, that thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place, and hearken now to the supplication of thy servant and of thy people Israel, when they shall pray towards this place, and hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and when thou hearest, forgive. Page 9. The last part of our text that we read says, Give us day by day our daily bread. Why does our Lord hear our prayers? I can tell you right now, it has nothing to do with what you have done. It has nothing to do with you deciding to pray. Our Lord hears our prayers for one reason, for one reason only, and that's because of his Son, our substitute. Because he who knew no sin was made to be sin, our sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That is the only reason God hears our prayer. Give us day by day our daily bread. The Lord says, I am the bread. He, he is the one that we come to daily for our needs. When we pray our Father who art in heaven, we're praying to our Savior, the very one that we need day by day, our daily bread. Next we read, and forgive us our sins. How are our sins forgiven? Through our substitute, the Lord Jesus, the very one who took God's wrath upon himself for our sakes. He who bore our sins in his own body. This is the forgiveness of our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Now I know we don't do that perfectly. But in my heart. In my heart. The new heart that God has given me. It's the same as the love that I have for God. It's not perfect. But it's a love and a, and a forgiveness that was never there before. And then it says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil of our own hearts. Folks, he has. He has delivered us in his son, the Lord Jesus. Tonight, my prayer is that the Lord would gather us together tonight. Why? Because he's promised to gather his people together. I, I have problems with people who go off to be by themselves. I, I'm so thankful that God has given us a, a Technology where we can invite folks like Craig Roberts and Cheryl Halfdale and Shirley Jukic who are alone in the world when it comes to, to, to uh, uh, worshiping and, and having uh, fellowship. What a, what a blessing God has given us in this technology to, to have. I have a problem with folks who just go off to be by themselves declaring I'll, have, I'll worship God in my own little way out in the middle of the wilderness. Lord, feed us thy word. Why? Why? Because he's promised to feed us. Lord, bless us with heavenly blessings. Why? Because he has promised to bless us. Just as he promised Solomon or David that the, the, the temple would be built and it was done by, his, by God's hand, our Lord will bless us with heavenly blessings as we read in Ephesians chapter 1. 
Lord, forgive us our sins. Why? Because he has promised to do so for a people a people he's loved from before the world was. Lord, keep us from temptation. Why? Because he has promised to do so. We are kept by the power of God unto salvation. 1 Peter chapter 3. Lord, deliver us from evil. Why? Because he has promised to do so. Folks, we'll be with the Lord in heaven for an eternity. Forever and ever and ever, never ceasing. Because God has delivered us from the evil within us. The Lord hath appeared unto me of old hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. What is true prayer? It's bowing to his will. And only by his grace can we bow to him now. Submit to him now. We sing this song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Today is the day of salvation. I invite you to bow to him today. Any comments or questions? You can go ahead and unmute yourself. Man, we've got a full screen up there. Thank you, Lord. I pray that was a blessing to you folks. I know it was a blessing to me to put it together. Next week I'm going to look closer at Matthew chapter 6. Our Lord gives us some further instructions along with uh, calling upon God our Father in heaven. And I hope to uh, bring out uh, a little more depth about what prayer is. I was sincere about my prayer from our hearts. And this, this is the prayer that God's people have from our hearts. Scott's right. Scott Freshour is correct. We, we want to pray for this country. But I guarantee you this country is on the exact path that God has purposed and determined for it to be on. Right. We're not going to change our Lord's purpose. But we do recognize our needs by praying, by calling out to the Lord. We recognize that there's no other place to go to. There's no one else who can answer, truly answer, the prayers of his people but the Lord Jesus Christ, God Almighty sitting on his throne. So my prayer is earnest from my heart that our Lord's will shall be done no matter what. And I know that his answer is, it will be done. 